0: Welcome to the Good Night House Sleep Podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and strategies to help your child sleep. We're here to teach you how to help your child get the sleep they need and experience more rest, peace, and joy in parenting. I'm your host, Jesse Martin, and I hope you enjoy the show. One thing that we work really often with parents on is preventing their toddler from coming out of the crib and it's one of the most common I know I start every podcast like this but this is one of the most common questions we get it really is though um we get asked so often how in the world do I keep this toddler in their crib a lot of you guys have heard us say you know we don't recommend switching toddlers to a toddler bed or a big kid bed until after age three because just most toddlers are not developmentally ready for that lack of boundary that is there without the crib and the crib rails and all of that, and just it's a safety issue and all of that. So that is our recommendation. And so you hear that and you're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> My kid will not stay in their crib. They keep climbing. Um, we get that question often. So recently I'm gonna just read you a question that we got. A mom sent us a question and said, Hi Jesse and Stacey. I have a two-year-old who recently started climbing out of his crib at bedtime. Some night I some nights I lose count of how many times I have to put him back in. I'm losing my mind and I don't know what to do. So first of all, I just want to encourage you, if this is happening, you are definitely not alone. Like I said, super common for us to hear this. I personally have had two climbers out of my three kids so far. Two of them have been climbers and specifically one, my my middle child, just about broke. My husband and I, she was so determined and I wish I had known what I know now. I would have handled the situation a lot differently, Um but that's why I'm so glad someone asked this question and... I have so many strategies and I actually have, um, Stacy's going to join us on the podcast today and share some parenting strategies too. And just for those of you who don't know, uh, Stacy is my mom. So we are a mother daughter sleep consulting team. And so Stacy is the other half and the other sleep consultant of the goodnight house. And so she is just awesome with parenting strategies and she just has such a gift for that and just has a way of talking to parents that is so gracious and kind and so I asked her to do this part of the pod that part of the podcast with me today to kind of impart some of her wisdom and share some of that with us so that that's I, I threw out her name and I realized you know she hasn't really been on the podcast with me before but that's who that is <laughs> she's the other half of the Goodnight house This episode is going to be really, really helpful if you have a climber and you're trying to figure out, um, you know, before you just automatically jump to a big kid bed, these are some strategies that you can use. And then we're also going to talk about, you know, what if none of the strategies are working then what do I do? (laughs) So we'll get into that too. When it comes to your toddler climbing out of the crib, first I want to go through just some like straight up climbing solutions, then we'll go through some of the parenting strategies, and then we'll talk about, okay, what if none of these strategies are working, then what do we do? So as far as actual solutions to the climbing, one of the first things that we encourage parents to try is to get a sleep sack and put it on inside out and backwards. And a lot of times parents are like, what, what does that do? (laughs) What are you talking about? Um, So putting it on inside out and backwards, you know, it turns the zipper around and then the zipper is inside of the sleep sack. So it's really hard for them to unzip themselves and be able to get out of the sleep sack. And wearing the sleep sack sleep sack helps because they can't hoist their little chubby legs up over the bar. (laughs) It kind of keeps their legs. Um, it's like wearing like the, it's like a pillow. You're putting them in a pillowcase with head and arms. Um, so they can't get their little legs up to actually even physically climb over. So sometimes that is enough to deter a toddler from climbing out. And that's all you have to do. And it's amazing and perfect. And we love, love that hack. The other thing you can do is, depending on your crib, if you have a crib that is higher on one side, so a lot of times the back side is higher, like the side that's pushed up against the wall, um, you can just simply like turn the crib around and face what would normally be the front, face that to the wall so that the higher side is on the other end or you know on the front and they can't climb up it because it's too tall and that really only works if the ends are high too so that's going to be a really specific crib and it, that that doesn't apply to a ton of families but it's worth saying because some people do have those cribs with the high sides and the high back and the front is just lower the other thing that you can do is pack in place can be way harder for little kids to climb out of because they can't get like It's just harder for them to, you know, they can't use their little toes to, (laughs) to climb up the bars. Um, it's, you know, it's that mesh siding typically with a pack and play. And so it can be a lot harder for them to climb out of, especially if you put a slumber pod over it. So, you know, we are huge believers. We love the slumber pod. Um. Our family personally has a slumber pod and we use it every single day for nap times. I use it with my youngest. I use it with my toddlers. um, We use it during nap time every single day. Um, It is always set up in our house and it is a lifesaver. I don't know what I would have done without our slumber pod. So (laughs) um, a pack and play with a slumber pod over it is a huge deterrent to kids trying to climb out of it. It just, it makes it pretty hard for them to do that. Um, as far as like a specific pack and play, I'll link this in the show notes, but hopefully I am saying this right, but the Guava Lotus pack and play is great because it opens from the side and the mattress portion is on the floor. So it just adds some more height to the sides. It makes it harder for them to climb over. And then again, if you've got the slumber pod, it makes it really hard for them to climb out. So that's a really good option too. If you can get your hands on one of those pack and plays, if you're really struggling. So, I've gone through some strategies that parents can try as far as actually keeping their child in the crib, but will you kind of go through you do a really good job when you're talking to parents about incorporating parenting strategies. So, will you kind of talk through some of those? We need to have a podcast episode where you really dive deep into these, but Will you talk just briefly about a couple of them? So specifically, like, will you talk about um, when you encourage parents to have their yes mean yes and their no mean no?
1: Sure. So sometimes when we're trying to work on something with a family, like climbing out of bed, it makes a little more sense if we can take a step back and start with things during the daytime. And one of the areas that can really help if you are working with a child that is doing a lot of climbing is start with something easy. Start with the high chair. So as parents, you should really make the decision when a mealtime is over. And a lot of times our kids are just climbing out of the high chair and we're like diving to catch them before they fall out. So start working with your child before they even get to the point where they're climbing out on their own from the high chair and really start um, helping them Stay seated until you're ready to have them out of the chair and you take them out because when it comes to bedtime, they will respond, I think, a lot quicker and easier to you if you've already been training in the area of a high chair. Another thing that you can do is really sit down with your husband and think about what are some of the boundaries that you've set up for your kids. And one way to do that is figure out what things do you want your kids to do and what things do you not want them to do. And that means that your yes is a yes and your no is a no. Your kids really need to take you seriously. And many times we're just saying, no, no, don't do that. But we're not following up. And we don't really mean that no. But at the moment, it just seems kind of easier to say a no. And sometimes a yes requires some extra time, attention, and work. But I really uh, would encourage you to sit down with your spouse and kind of come up with some guidelines of what it is that we want our kids to do and that we're willing to follow through on. I've heard you say, too, that it's kind of
0: unfair to our kids if the first time we want our no to mean no is at bedtime when we lay them down. Like all day we're, you know, we're not tired and we don't, (laughs) we're not expecting that break of, okay, the kids are in bed and now I can kind of relax. Um, So we're not as, uh, just as consistent maybe. And then when it comes to bedtime, we're like, no, like I actually really want you to do this. (laughs) And our kids are like, wait, (laughs) all day you've been saying no, but it hasn't actually meant no. And so it's a little unfair to just expect that, um, they don't necessarily believe us during the rest of the day. But then at bedtime, we're like, no, this actually means what we're saying. So being consistent through the whole day is really important for them to be able to trust us and trust that
1: we mean what we say, yes. whether it's you know a yes or a no. Exactly. You do need your kids to trust you. And you, you need to help them learn that your word really does mean something. The other thing that by... Giving them our word and keeping our word is it helps to keep us from bribing our kids and trying to motivate them to do things with a bribe versus just you've been training them to accept what your answer is. And for sure, at nighttime, we're so much more tired. And so we really do mean business when it comes to bedtime and we're desperate for sleep. But if you start working on some of those things during the daytime, You'll find that as you do start working on the nighttime behaviors, it will be a little easier and the adjustment for them will be just a lot less stressful and it reduces the anxiety.
0: Will you talk a little bit? You don't have to get totally into it because like I said, I want to do a full episode about this, but will you talk a little bit about coffee time, what it is and why it can help in a situation like a toddler
1: climbing out of their crib? Okay, so one of the reasons that toddlers do want to climb out of their crib is to come and be with you. And many times they'll climb out, head into the bedroom when you guys are sound asleep. And that is the only time that they really see you together. So I encourage parents to do coffee time. Just start out with maybe 15 minutes a day in view of your kids where they can see you talking. You don't want to talk about something stressful like finances or discipline issues, but you want to talk about things that are just enjoyable and give your kids the opportunity to see you interacting together. You and your spouse, you are their whole world. And when things are not right with our spouses and there's not a good connection, our kids really feel that. So by setting up that 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, it creates not only a great chance for you and your spouse to catch up, but for your kids to see you together with intentional time as a family. And I really like what you've said too, because you've
0: mentioned, you know, a lot of times, and I think this too, a lot of times as parents, we're, you know, we're, maybe we're home together all day, but we're tag teaming a lot. It's, you know, we're more, we're splitting the responsibilities. We're doing things. We're busy. And our kids really don't see us just sit down, mom and dad making, a priority for us where they see, okay, mom and dad's relationship is also important and it's not all about just mom and me or, Mm -hmm. you know, no dad and me. Uh, Mom and dad are really important and they need time too. And it's another security thing for our kids to see mom and dad really love each other and They're taking intentional time to spend together and that offers another sense of security to them. And it's totally true that, you know, in the middle of the night when they are coming out, that's maybe one of the only times that they've seen us all day, just mom and dad sitting there having a conversation, spending time together. Maybe we're asleep, but (laughs) um, we're together and they, yeah, so that, that totally makes sense. The other thing that we see a lot is that for whatever reason, climbing out of the crib, happens really frequently after a family brings home a new baby. And so will you kind of talk about why that might happen and what maybe mom can do to kind of help with that?
1: Sure. I think that the desire for them to feel connected and, you know, they see this new little person that's been brought into the home. And so there's some insecurities that go along with that. Some things that parents can do, especially mom, is really set aside some time to sit down and read a book or do something just one-on-one where they really feel that connection that they had with you before the baby came.
0: Yeah, I remember you telling me because um, I know I've mentioned this in this episode, but our middle daughter <laughs> she after we brought home our our third daughter, uh, she started climbing out of her crib, and it was like it did not matter. like I could walk her back in there a hundred times, and it didn't matter. She was willing. she just wanted out. She was mm-hmm. so determined, and I remember you saying. I think she is just so desperate for your attention. She doesn't care how she gets it, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're frustrated with her or you're happy with her. She doesn't care. She just wants that one-on-one focused attention. And so that was such a good reminder to me to be setting aside time during the day where, you know, whether the baby was napping or not in view of her, that I really, it was just me and my middle one and it even if it was only 10 minutes a day it
1: made such a big difference Mm -hmm. to give her that focus time yeah and it doesn't usually last all that long either that they go through that stage but it is a stage that most most children will go through
0: this episode of the Goodnight House Sleep Podcast is sponsored by our one-on-one personalized sleep plan packages, which are our sleep training services created for parents where you work one-on-one with us to create and implement a custom sleep plan for your baby, toddler, or preschooler. This is everything you need to help your child get the sleep they need while using a step-by-step approach and experiencing the little years in a whole new way. Head to thegoodnighthouse.com forward slash personalized sleep plan to learn more. Use code PODCAST at checkout to take 10% off any of our classes or services. Okay, and then you have one other kind of more parenting strategy when it comes to climbing out of the crib, so will you talk about that
1: one? Yeah, uh, when they start trying to climb out of the crib, it really is a safety issue, so the one, one way that... I think is gonna be helpful for parents to try to understand is the example of when we had a swimming pool back in Arizona and I was really worried about uh, you guys getting a chair pulling a chair up climbing over that fence and I was really terrified about it and a friend commented just have your kids realize that the fence itself is so off-limits that they don't even want to touch the fence so we started correcting you if you went over to it and even put your hands on the pool fence, we would say no no, no touch. And after a while, you guys started realizing the fence really is off limits, and pretty soon it just became a habit and I could relax a little bit where I I knew that you were not going to try to climb that fence. So because the, you stopped it before it got dangerous. <laughs> right. And of course, our eyes were still always on you when we were outside by the pool, but the, the fence was not a temptation any longer. So with the crib, you want to even have a boundary within the crib, just like you might have a boundary with a swimming pool fence or a railing off of a deck, because it's really their safety and their well-being that you're looking out for. So if you see them even start to get their leg up and over the railing of their crib, that's when you want to go over and say, no, no, no climbing. And if you even have to just take their leg and put their leg back down, those are some things that you can do before they ever even get out of the crib. So you want to stop the behavior before it starts.
0: So sometimes you suggest to parents to kind of stand at the door out of their child's view But, so mom and dad are kind of watching and waiting and they're not correcting or trying to fix it once toddler's out, but before they even get out. So they're standing and kind of like, you know, if you start to see them Uh (laughs) thinking about climbing out, then that's when you can go in and kind of make that no, no, no climbing.
1: Exactly. Because there is nothing more terrifying than a toddler roaming the house in the middle of the night, or you hear the thud in that bedroom and... You know, the worst imagination happens when you hear that thud and you go rushing in there. So, yeah, stop it before it starts.
0: So now you might be thinking we've given you some strategies to help physically keep your toddler in their crib. We've given you some parenting strategies to work on during the day and during, you know, bedtime. But what if nothing is working and you just have a super... Determined toddler who will not stay in there, and obviously, like it's a safety issue. If they keep climbing out, the the chances of them falling, hurting themselves, you know that that's a big deal. So you can't just you know do nothing. Um, you can't just keep letting that happen. So what do you do if none of the strategies that you've been trying is working or are working? <laughs> so if you've tried everything and it is just not working, it is time to make the transition to a big kid bed for their safety and it's okay. It's just the, it's the logical next step. If nothing else is working, that's okay. We're doing it for their safety. And you've tried these other strategies and you've really given it a good go, then you do what you need to do. But the first thing when you're making that transition, and we'll probably have an entire episode on transitioning to a big kid bed, but you want to make it a positive experience (laughs) for them. Um, you can, you know, get them a special pillowcase or a special blanket for their new bed. Take them to Target. Let them help you pick it out. Make it exciting for them. And then also just really talk through what your expectations are about the big kid bed. Even if you have a young toddler like closer to two, still talk, talk it through with them. They can understand a lot more than we give them credit for. Um, and then practice or like, role-playing with them can be really really helpful for them to kind of see what we expect so practice you know during the day don't do it right at bedtime but practice during the day practice putting them to bed in their big kid bed and telling them you know what you expect from them and kind of the boundaries around the bed and have them you know pretend to lay down and go to sleep you can practice if you are using um you know an okay to wait clock do some practice we've got some on instagram i'll link it in the show notes we've got um, some, I think it's in our stories, but just me going through and showing you literally how I practice with my kids on certain things like this. So if you want just some ideas or examples, I'll link it in the show notes and you can check that out. Um, but making it a positive experience and then just kind of lean out the expectations in a way that they can understand and making sure that, um, you know, you're talking through it with them and letting them know what they can expect. And then the other thing that, you know, when you're switching to a big kid bed, the number one thing that we need to focus on is safety. Their room is now essentially their crib. It's like one big crib and it needs to be completely baby childproofed. So furniture needs to be anchored. Choking hazards need to be out. Outlets need to be covered. All of those kind of things. And this might mean moving out every single thing except for their bed out of their room for a season of time. It doesn't have to be like that forever, but their safety is more important than any other thing. And so if that means that everything but their bed stays in the room, that's what that means. And that's okay. When we're working with parents, if we're working with a toddler under three years old, we really, really encourage parents to implement an alternative physical boundary. You know, when they're in their crib, they have the bars. And then when they're in their room, having some other kind of physical boundary to help keep them in their room. And this is important. It's not to be mean. It's not to lock them in their room and, you know, be mean to them. Um, It's really because it's a safety issue. So we don't want our two-year-olds running around our house. I'm a, you know, I'm a daughter of a fireman and a pediatric critical care nurse, so I won't give you all of my horror stories, but we don't want our two-year-olds running around the house at night when we don't know and potentially turning on the stove or practicing unlocking the front door and, you know, getting outside or, um, you know, just wandering the house in general. It is we wouldn't do that during the day. (laughs) We definitely don't want to do that during the night when we're fast asleep. So it's a safety issue and helping to keep them in their room. Again, it's not to be cruel or mean. It's it's to keep them safe. And it's because we know what's best for them. We love them and we want them to be safe and um safe it's just it's it's important, so there are a couple ways that you can do this and kind of turn their room into that big crib, so, like we said before, taking anything dangerous out of their room is really important because. Um, obviously they don't have bars on their bed, so (laughs) like crib rails on their bed. So the chances of them getting up in their room are are big. But using just a you know, a simple doorknob cover to make it to where they can't open the door from the inside to come out. If you don't feel comfortable with the door being closed, they sell these things and I will link them in the show notes, but they're called door monkeys, and so it keeps the door from opening, but it keeps the door open, it keeps it like cracked open. So not enough that anybody could come out in or out out, but then the door's not closed all the way. You can see them, they can see you. You you know, I think that makes parents feel a lot better than having the door just closed on them. Um, but those work really well. It's super easy for parents to unlatch from the outside, but kids can't come out on their own from the inside. And then the other option is using a really tall baby gate in the doorway. And I mean really tall because obviously your kid just scaled the crib. (laughs) So they're talented at climbing. So you want to get, you know, there, there are pretty tall gates on Amazon. So you may want to try one of those and see if it's, you know, tall enough that it's a big enough deterrent for them not to um, try to climb over we hope that some of these strategies will help you if you've got a climber. Like I said, I have personally had my two climbers and I know how discouraging it is. Seriously, my second child, it was incredible how determined she was. And there were nights where I was in tears. You know, my husband has a wacky schedule. I've told you guys that before. I would call him and just, you know, be crying. Like, I cannot keep this child in her bed. I want to go to sleep. We have a newborn. I'm exhausted. This is terrible. I'd be in tears. She'd be in tears. My husband and I were at our wits end. So I think, I totally think that God had me go through that situation so that I could be very empathetic to other parents who are going through this and our clients who we work with, because I really, I know how stressful it is and how hard it is. And I wish I had known these strategies when that was happening to us. And so hopefully you can take these strategies and try them and implement them. And hopefully, um, Hopefully some of the actual strategies of keeping them in their crib will work, but if not, now you know what to do, you know, if it doesn't, and if you have to switch to a a big kid bed before you were really ready or before you wanted to, and that's okay. Hopefully one or a combination of these strategies will help you and be a blessing to your family. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Goodnight House Sleep Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to record a question for us to answer on the podcast, head to thegoodnighthouse.com forward slash podcast. If you want more sleep resources, head to thegoodnighthouse.com for show notes, free resources, and our courses or one-on-one personalized sleep services. If you enjoyed today's episode and you think others might too, would you consider taking a screenshot and sharing it to social media? If you really love the podcast, would you take a minute to leave a review? You can do this right on the Apple Podcast app or on your computer in iTunes. If you don't know how, head to the show notes for a link that will show you what to do. Reviews allow podcasts to be found by others and is the number one way you can support the Goodnight House Sleep Podcast.